Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy 94.9 One, two, three, four I use it, break it, fix it, trash it, change it, nail it, create it, turn it, point it to me, press it, snap it, work it, cook it, erase it, write it, cut it, paste it, save it, load it, check it, quickly write it, plug it, Good afternoon, this is TechnoGaze here on Joy 94.9, the show where we gaze into the world of consumer electronics, gadgets and technology. My name is Mark. With me in the studio, madly pressing buttons, is uh, is Michael. I'm not mad. Well, okay. <laughs> Don't get mad, get even. You could have fooled me. No. Um, hello. Hello, Michael. Uh, and also in the studio today, we have all the way from Sydney... Uh, common. Me, it's Jason. <laughs> common, well, not so common guest of TechnoGaze. Also winner of the Lizzie's Best Independent Media Coverage Award. Ah, oh, thank you, guys. Uh, well, well, so, congratulations. So um, I, I should just point out that it was Ozdroid that won the award, not me personally. Indeed. But uh, it, it is a site that I write for, and I am very proud of us all. Hmm. Congratulations on that, um, and thank you for joining us today as well. Thank you for having me. It, it has been a long time since I've actually been... It's been a long time since I've been in Melbourne. It's been a long time since I've been in the studio, and uh, yeah, I'm really happy to be here. Welcome. Welcome back. Now, on today's show, we'll kick off with a look at some details of the features and additions available for Windows 10. Of course, Windows 10 is the next version of Windows that will come out. Windows Next. What's, sorry, what's, next. what's Windows? V-Next, as they like to refer to it. Windows, it's uh, it's an operating system. <laughs> so it's like my Mac. Yeah. <laughs> Do they have a double-glazed version? <laughs> yeah, that's, what ha- that's what happens when you run your firewall software. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are actually seven. Se- oh, count them, seven editions I of thought there were the nine. Windows. Oh, nine? What? No, no, no there's, seven, there's seven editions of, of Windows, Windows 10, 10. But there are nine versions of Windows, except I think they <laughs> might have skipped a couple of versions somewhere as well. Well, they, they skipped, I guess, mm, they skipped one and two. Well, one and two weren't really available I saw. Heavily. I no, saw no, version two. Yeah. I saw the floppy disks. No, about Windows 30. one and two were real. Mm. But I think it's it gets a little bit hairy between Windows 3 yes. and Windows 7 because yes. you had 95. 598 Millennium yes. Edition 2000 3.1 Yes, yeah. we will talk about Windows in just a are few we hi- moments. Are we hijacking your intro? <laughs> yes, you are. Excellent. Um, Netflix is settling in here in Australia, and some interesting uh, statistics have uh, been br- um, broadcast, have been published, um, and, then and retracted, retracted. <laughs> <laughs> and then published again. <laughs> yes, uh, Russian Siri is a little bit coy. I guess maybe is that a good word? Coy about certain things Not homosexual? Bad. Yeah, I don't know if coy's the right word. It's a bit um I don't know. It's it just stronger than coy. Yeah, it's well anyway, it's a bit uh, concerning some of the things that uh Siri Is it also unsure how many versions of Windows are available in Russia? <laughs> we should ask it. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Um well, does it work if I just ask an accent? <laughs> Oh, this is going to be the perfect opportunity for you to bring out your Russian accent. (laughs) Da. (laughs) Da. (laughs) Spasiba. Now, uh, Apple, of course, I'm here in the show, so, you know, Apple rates mention. Um, There's a few things, good and bad as well, um, including, of course, the Siri discussion, but uh, we've got some rumours around the iPhone 6, the next version of the iPhone 6, presumably 6S. Well, we don't really know for sure, but we are hearing that there's going to be like a 6S and a 6C, which mm. uh, is a bit strange, but we'll see. Mm. Yep. yep. We'll, so we'll see what we see. We'll, we'll discuss ah. that later on. And uh, just to balance it out a little bit, Samsung, uh, uh, their next smartwatch uh, will be featured later on in the show as well. Well, not featured as such, but we'll talk about the features perhaps. Um, yeah. You know, why not? I, I don't know whether the uh, wrestling match we had over shall we include the story or not could be you know, considered balanced. <laughs> <laughs> but Jason and I against you, yeah, well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't forget, 
you can always text us here in the studio. You can text us 0427JOY949. If you're driving, please do pull over when you do that. Um, if you'd like to email us, you can do so by uh, emailing on air at joy.org.au. And uh, you can also check us out on Twitter at Technogaze, T-E-C-H-N-O-G-A-Z-E. And we're all all over social media as well, so facebook.com slash technogaze, joy949. If you want to connect with us there, we we often post little interesting snippets throughout the week. Now, speaking of Facebook, uh, thank you and hello to Richard, Chris and Donovan. That's Chris and Donovan. Uh, who are recent followers of us on Facebook? Thank mm. you, indeed, and welcome. It's, it's lovely. So where we get the they're all now? they're no, all lovely don't. people. We all we checked out their Facebook profiles, and <laughs> yeah, you mean you stalked mm. them? No, I mean I used metadata retention services to <laughs> check them out. Oh, <laughs> Do you work for the government <laughs> cleaning <laughs> service and you have access to it? My, Michael's looking at me and laughing, but isn't really sure how to take that. <laughs> He's like, how do I get access to this? No. Okay, so let's kick off with uh, Windows 10. Uh, I will a- be right back. <laughs> now, I think we need to uh, talk about the features first off that are going to be included in Windows 10 and the, the basic features that are on offer according to some recent coverage out of Build 2015, which is like the one of Microsoft's big conferences of the year. Uh, they've they've talked about the features such as Cortana. Now, that's their version of Siri, basically. It's a very it? hard word to pronounce. I know. It's not I, that bad. Well, I if you've ever played Halo, it's very easy. Because Cortana uh, is the artificial intelligence in Halo. Uh, right. And she, you know, she's made quite a good transition into Windows. It's been very well received. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Um, uh, Microsoft Edge browser. I say that with a little uh, smile in my voice because it's really like this is this is a new web browser, isn't it? So it, it's a new browser. It's still using the same rendering engine that Internet Explorer uses, mm-hmm. but it's uh, so it's still Trident at the heart of it. But no one really knows about Trident, and. It's so. To be fair, Internet Explorer's recent versions have been very good. They're standards compliant. They're fast and they're speedy, but they're still Internet Explorer, mm-hmm. and so they're, they're still trying got- to shake that shake that stigma off. I think um, having have to having had to deal with certain, particularly Internet Explorer eight uh, issues. It's they still support a lot of that. Um, yeah, craftiness, uh, uh, so yeah, that's, they still support it, but the newer versions of Internet Explorer, as long as you're writing things in a standards compliant way, they're pretty awesome. Mm. Yes, I indeed. get confused with IE and the compatibility versions, and oh, so don't. do I. I, t- I, I. I leave that for my front end developers now. Mm. Isn't that nice to have? Yeah. Yes. Okay, so Microsoft's Edge browser. There is one other key difference of the Edge browser, of course. That is the um, the icon. I believe. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so Microsoft has dumped the uh, the, the little blue uh, E with the circle around it, mm-hmm. which we used we all know used to signify Internet Explorer, and they've replaced it with a little blue E with a few spikes on it, which is the Edge browser um, icon. So, you know, you, you can't possibly confuse the two. No, 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 <laughs> not at all. And, and of course, it does look like Internet Explorer and Sonic the Hedgehog had a baby. <laughs> Google it. It's quite... But that's okay, because it's supposed to be fast. So, like, why wouldn't you want Sonic the Hedgehog in your browser? <laughs> yes. I um, I think at least it will uh, be backwards compatible with the standard support request, which is uh, press the big E button to get onto the internet, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's quite true. E but for internet. There are plenty of other... <laughs> yes. There are plenty of other good things coming in Windows 10 as well. Mm. I'm quite interested in uh, what they call the continuum mode. So, uh, it's for their... T- touch-capable devices and for their tablet modes, but uh, a Windows 10 device can switch in and out of this mode. Um, it can So if you have like a tablet that can dock into a keyboard stand, when you remove it, it goes into tablet mode and your apps are still running and their interfaces will adjust. Um, right. That's pretty cool. I, yeah. I, mm, I have suspicion about whether they'll do it well, though. Whether some things will be recognized sometimes and then not, not like, Maybe. removed when you... Rem- I don't know. It's Is Continuum there in the current version of Windows? No. No. Okay. Mm. No, no, that's definitely a new feature. But you, it is in some of the technical previews for 10 at, at the moment, I think. It's like 
plug and play, but on on steroids, I guess, isn't it? I guess, I, I guess, in a way, it's sort of it's it's no longer a USB uh, mm. thing for the, for plug and play because you know different devices have different uh, interfaces. Dock interfaces. But I guess they all probably come down to a serial bus. But yeah, yeah. Hmm. So there's Windows Hello as well. There's uh, face recognition. Even iris recognition and fingerprint login for devices, which this is something that we're starting to see a lot on mobiles at the moment. You know, everyone's got fingerprint scanners coming out. I think every one of us has a fingerprint scanner on our phones now. Mm. Um, and so it makes sense that this kind of thing would end up on desktops as yes. well. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, it, Microsoft's just giving you more ways to log into your computer, which is pretty cool. Biometrics, much easier to remember a, a, my, my iris. Yep. than it is to remember a password. Well, well a friend of mine got married uh, a few weeks ago, and he had a uh, he had a, a fingerprint tree um, oh. at his at his uh, reception where everyone had to go up and uh, put your fingerprint into the ink and then uh, make a make a tree with all these leaves on it. Mm. And I walked up to him and I just remarked, "It's very it's very impressive how easily you've gotten everyone to give up their <laughs> biometric information <laughs> just by having a wedding." <laughs> they spent the whole honeymoon hacking hacking into everybody's accounts. <laughs> they sure did. <laughs> Now, um, one of the other features that has been talked about for Windows 10 is uh, the ability to stream Xbox One uh, games, which I presume is from some sort of cloud service or maybe from your own Xbox. Probably from your own Xbox. So, the, so remote play is becoming a, quite a big thing in the console world. Mm. So if you have a PlayStation 4, you can remote play onto your Xperia smartphone or onto, um, say, a, a PlayStation Vita as well. Mm. Um, there's uh, there's a lot of Steam remote streaming going on as well, so you can play your Steam game on your computer, but you can play it on a tablet over in the corner of the room. Um, yep. You know, the, the Wii even lets you do that on the tablet controller. You can oh, stream the yeah. game from your from your console, so you don't, you don't actually need a TV for that anymore. Yep. So it's you know there's a lot of there's a lot of attempts to get your console games off the screen, off the, the big screen in your house, and onto a little screen. It starts creating the the Microsoft ecosystem, I guess. You know, with a yeah. pretty strong brand being Xbox, and uh, you know their other yep pretty strong brand being hey you know your your machine on your on your lap and everything just works together mm. like so, apple mm. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so of course there's also uh, a, a few first party universal windows apps photos oh. maps mail calendar music and video all, all the stuff that you sort of expect to be built into the operating system what we do know is that there's going to be quite a number of editions of it. There's Windows 10 Home for consumers, mobile for smaller mobile touch-centric devices like phones and tablets. There's Pro for businesses using PCs. There's Enterprise for more stuff in Pro. You know, you get Enterprise security and uh, volume licensing. I will just pick up... So yeah. Pro, the Windows 10 Pro is um, more for, I guess, the, uh, the what, what, what would we call ourselves, the um, power user. Um it allows you to actually manage devices and apps in a way that you possibly couldn't with the home edition. Yeah, yeah. So, so if you have home. multiple PCs that you need to manage, so yeah, you know, that's sort of where the business side of it comes in. But yeah, power users too. It yep. used, the demarcation line used to be that the uh, the pro edition or the or the yeah the business one was you could sign on to an Active Directory and the home one you couldn't. Mm. Yeah. I wonder if that's still there or whether they're allowing the home one because when they had their um, was it the small the home, home server, server mm-hmm. that it had Active Directory and you had to sign on. Yeah, I. I I think that's probably gone now because um, I think people know that there's a lot there's a lot more network stuff happening in yeah. homes these days. Um, so other other editions, there's also education uh, and mobile enterprise, and the more interesting one is there's an Internet of Things core, <laughs> which is for small footprint and low cost devices. So um, you know we're talking ATMs, point of sale systems, handhelds, and uh, even industrial robotics. I wonder if that's built off the Nano Server core that we spoke about last week. Mm. It could be. It I've be seen I've seen a, I've seen a few people playing with the Nano Server core. Yeah. Um, just people tweeting about it in the last few days. People are like, I can't get my .NET application to run on Nano. <laughs> server so i was like ah oh dear <laughs> now in just a few moments uh we'll be talking about the uh, a new autonomous quadcopter or is it a quadcopter will it be running internet of things core windows 10 probably not you're listening to technogaze on joy 94.9 technogaze Love your afternoons. Joy 94.9. It is still the afternoon here on Joy 94.9. Michael, Jason and Mark with you on this very... Well, it's actually quite a nice day. It in, was uh, beautiful outside. Mm. It, it was chilly. And tomorrow day. is going to be lovely. Yes. For Pride Cup. Great, great come opportunity along. to come along to, to Pride Cup. Out in the... Uh, where is that? Yarrow Glen. Glen. Mm. Cool. Now, um, Lily, 
I've all, I'm going to have trouble saying the name. Lily. Lily. I don't understand why you guys have such trouble saying Lily. I get a bit tongue-tied, I guess. With yeah. that, um, no, I have but, a bad childhood memory. <laughs> uh, so it is a uh, autonomous um, following you around with a camera device, isn't it, really? It's quite a cute little no, thing. That, that was really awkward. <laughs> is, that your, is that your personal journalist? <laughs> Documenting yes, your life? Yes, I guess Maybe. it could be. At 20 minutes at a time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. change the battery. <laughs> so it's, it's a quadcopter that will follow you around and film you. Um, so you can be your own character in your own video game, really. Um, I have my own stalker to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I've apologised for that on many occasions. <laughs> Sorry, I should let it go. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, Lily seems to be the evolution of something that I saw mentioned quite a while ago. Uh, where these students went out and built a drone that would follow your Bluetooth signal around. And so they'd go out and surf and it would just hang there in the sky filming them and it'd point the camera at them. So it, it's great. This, this technology's finally finally come to a point where they can actually release it to the public. Mm. Um, so it's got a 12 megapixel camera on board it and on, on board and it's got a um, so that can actually shoot 1080p video whole thing weighs 1.3 kilometers and it's gotten uh, <laughs> kilometers kilo- it, weigh, it's, it weighs <laughs> kilometers um, yeah, sorry it weighs 1.3 kilograms and it's got an accelerometer which is why I said kilometers <laughs> it's got a three axis gyroscope it's even got a barometer and GPS on I wonder board. why it has a barometer is it trying it's to take note of the weather or something uh, like maybe so it hides when compensate rains? for the wind oh, oh yeah. right Okay. Yeah. I don't know the physics of flying, I guess. Anyway. Now you just like to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I do. Um, at, yeah, so front and bottom facing camera, which is uh, great. So the idea of this thing is to just hover above you. It, it You hold a tracking device and it keeps track of you and it, it goes up to 25, uh, sorry, 40 kilometres an hour to, to 40 follow 40 kilograms an hour. <laughs> and that's to keep up with you skiing downhill, which is what the video shows. Yeah, yeah. skiing, there's a bit of uh, white pretty, water, water it's rafting. It's pretty amazing, really. So if you don't do any of those, you don't need it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, so, so, like uh, to this... Actually, to, sorry, to quote uh, one of the other participants in this show, um, Arby, he, mm. <laughs> he said, I would love the lifestyle that would require me to, to uh, oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> have this product. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's like um, you know, when you see Facebook's own uh, test, test uh, product pages and stuff, how they've got amazing photos of people doing amazing things. And it's like, none, no one I follow on Facebook does this kind yeah. of stuff. It's like, <laughs> I always see pictures of people half asleep in bed going, why do I have to get up? Rather than like, I'm, I'm here in you know, southern Mexico at a spiritual temple or something. I wonder what the distance is between where it is and where it transmits to. Or does it transmit to the person that's... I think it records. Mm, it records. It just records yeah. on board, yeah. Oh, it's a shame because I could have sort of sent it off after my mother or something when she goes down the street. But 20 minutes wouldn't be enough that, time. That's probably a plug-in. <laughs> a long board. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Refueling stops along the way. Yeah. It is quite cute because you actually, um, what you do is you just sort of throw it into the air and it just uh, takes off from there, which is another... another it goes on the concrete. <laughs> hopefully it doesn't. So, um, and hopefully it doesn't take anyone out along the way. Like, there, there, is a certain, there is a certain company that makes drones and one of their features is that you throw it into the air and it realizes that you've thrown it into the air and starts up. Yeah. So <laughs> they gave it to me at the launch event. <laughs> and I was like, awesome. And I threw it in the air and it just came crashing down because I didn't hit the switch oh, before I threw it in no. the air. <laughs> and they were like, ah, oh, no. <laughs> oh, gee. Well, as long as it was, a, it was a demo device, it should be fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that, that's a pretty cool new feature, a uh, new product, I guess. It's um, you know, nice to keep up with what's happening in the quadcopter world, even though they're not calling it a quadcopter so much. They're calling it a lily. Mm. Lily. <laughs> lily. Now, Netflix. We've, uh, we've had the experience of Netflix for, what, a month and a half now in, uh, in Australia? Uh, yeah. Not, not that I yeah, have personally. But, and um, the whole of Australia converts, I believe. Wow. Well, the, uh, <laughs> apparently, if you believe, if you believe uh, certain other media companies, the whole of Australia was already watching it. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, um, there was a, uh, a company called Pocketbook, and they actually, um, it's a very loose connection here, but Pocketbook, they, they have a smartphone app which uh, allows you to categorize the purchases that you make through your uh, banking and, um, you know, sort of, manage how much you spend on this versus that and of course they aggregate all that information as well across multiple you know across all their users and they 
um, come up with all these interesting stats on which they who, sell. Well, which they not sure if they get to start I, with. I think it's a really interesting way of looking at the data, though. I mean, it's only a subset. Like, I, I actually have Pocketbook, but um, their app is not currently installed. But their server is still accessing yeah, yeah. my accounts and because you've given that permission. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like, it's kind of funny. Like occasionally, I haven't installed it in about six months, but occasionally I get emails from them saying you really need to pay your credit card off. <laughs> <laughs> naughty, naughty. Yeah. Um, now it's uh, the, during the week they released a report saying that Netflix has overtaken Foxtel. Of course, the the leader of of subscription video services here in in Australia, um, capturing a whole thirty nine percent of the market, while uh, only uh, Foxtel only um, has thirty eight percent, or had slipped to thirty eight percent according to this particular bad. release. After six weeks, yeah, oh, wow. I, I do think it's interesting that um, the 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 statistic that was reported was uh, Netflix versus Foxtel because one is a pay TV company and the other is a streaming video company, and so. Mm. Foxtel does have a streaming service. Yeah, and I wonder if that might have been the service that they were uh, comparing. But they, uh, considering the source of the information being just uh, uh, credit card credits. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think they could distinguish between. Or well, maybe they could. Maybe they can by the price. Uh, ah, yeah. yes, that's true. But yeah, so um, not two days later after this release was uh, uh, published, and even quite a large uh, media company also uh, republished this information. Information. You could almost hear the brakes being applied and the backpedaling <laughs> starting as the newspapers went to press. Foxtel, of course, um, stuck their head up and said, um, actually, we're still the leader. We've still got 2.8 million subscribers. Um, yeah, try and make that in, in a month and a half, Netflix. So the, the actual numbers that, that were floating around, I don't think I've got the Netflix numbers. I think it's in the hundreds of thousands, though, which isn't... It seems about a right. Small yeah. amount, but for don't a forget, Netflix gives the first month away for free. Trial True. subscription. So how could True. they even within six weeks, you know, have know a full billing cycle yeah. of paid users? So there's also you also got to consider in in these numbers as well. The the report that came out showed that uh, Netflix basically entered the Australian market and completely created Presto and Stan at the same time. But Stan then came out and queried the numbers and said that. Uh, the numbers that were reported did not actually pay attention. Uh, they, were, they were paying attention to their main website, not the website that people log into to play videos. That's interesting. And, uh, and so they were like, yeah, your numbers are completely wrong with Stan. Yeah, right. Um, and and that, like, none, of these, none of these guys really want to talk numbers per se, except perhaps Netflix might want to. There's this, there's this real, like, ever since Netflix sort of decided to come to Australia, I mean, obviously competition has actually picked up as a result of Netflix. Mm-hmm. I think there's also a bit of, um, you know, um, love heart eyes for Netflix in the, um, in the broader community at the moment because yeah. they have done that. Um, whether that's going to continue or not, because there are other people going, mm, actually, the, the video that's offered, the, you know, the service that Netflix are offering, it's not anywhere near what they offer in the US, as in the, the shows that you The can range get. of shows, yeah. Um, nor is it, you know, um, I mean, it's it's fast. It seems to to work pretty well. Well, um, actually, that's an interesting uh, that's an interesting question. If we move on to depending a, on the thing, depending on the ISP that you're on, yes. I do think it's kind of cool that um, Netflix has been doing this kind of thing for a while in the states, where they will assess the speed of their data getting to different uh, different consumers via different ISPs, and then they dob they basically dob on the slow ISPs to the public, mm. and then they've Name just and suddenly, shame. They've, yeah they've come out here and they're like yeah we're going to do the same thing for Australia. So the, the they've basically released the average download speeds for across the major ISPs, including mm-hmm. uh, Telstra, uh, Optus, and Ironet, um, and TPG as well. I think was was included, which may yeah. well be considered yep. Ironet. Now, uh, well, yeah, TPG, Optus, and Ironet were a close top three, mm. and. Um, um, Last, of course. Now, I wonder do you if want this drum roll. Is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and we're talking the difference. We're talking the difference between um, three megabytes a second versus two and a half megabytes a second. Two and a, uh, two and a half goes to I think Telstra. Yeah. 
which, of course, is, are the half owners of Foxtel. So two and, two and a half megabytes. It's actually kind of weird to see Telstra um, in lagging in, in a, a speed. In a, yeah, in a, lagging in a speed test, but they don't have a peering arrangement with Netflix. No, so that's you know, in order to get the data, they have to go out of their network to get it. Mm. Um, but also, like, two and a half megs a second is fine for streaming Netflix anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, so, the, I mean, that's where the, the figures, and I guess your point around them actually, what this does achieve is shaming an ISP as opposed to, you know, talking about quality of service. Mm. It's good that Netflix are keeping an eye on these these mm. um, figures because it means that they can tweak whatever they need to and maybe talk to ISPs about how they can improve performance or, or that of, sort of, of thing. Of course, Netflix has you know got an agenda in publishing this as well because they want a peering arrangement with Telstra probably. Mm. Mm. But the flip side of the story is they don't talk about how are the other non-Netflix users affected by it. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. there's been there was a lot of talk about iNet customers and Optus customers who suddenly who weren't using Netflix and suddenly the bandwidth basically just fell out of the floor and mm-hmm. they had no service. Now maybe Telstra managed it better and basically gave enough to the Netflix users so they'd work mm-hmm. without destroying the other users' uh, capabilities. There's no Possible. doubt. I mean, network engineering. Well, you know, I would say that Telstra would have a pretty good. Uh, department in that regard. Yeah, well, so Telstra does have a, a department full of people who are dedicated to doing that. So, yeah. not saying that Ironet and Optus don't, but you know, perhaps they're the the, the leaders in in that regard. I mean, it's just I don't know. It's also worth pointing out that um, some of those top three do have arrangements with uh, Netflix for providing services as well. Yes, of course, mm, yeah. as in Optus um, share. Uh, Netflix, or they, they're they're actually advertising Netflix with their Fetch TV service, and yeah. so do Ionet. So Netflix has actually, I, I don't know if you've noticed or not, but Netflix has not actually advertised themselves. Uh, if mm. you walk down the street and you see Netflix on a billboard, it's actually a partner. Yes, it's oh, never no, they're not actually ne- advertising themselves. They're doing it online, but uh, mm. in physical in the physical meat space, uh, they're using their partners to advertise. Now, if you're looking for other, we we need to move on from Netflix for just a quick moment. If you're looking for other reasons why your internet might be slowing down, perhaps this is the reason. Uh, the Register has reported some uh, home routers being co-opted into a massive botnet. <laughs> now, botnet, that of course... happened for about a week. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> apparently, hackers should get an elephant stamp for this one, for the ingenuity behind it's pretty, it. It's pretty smart, I think. So we're talking about botnets, which are basically... Um, uh, hackers are able to take control of devices on your own network, say Usually your own PCs. PC or, yep. or whatever. They they get access to it. They maybe do it without you knowing, but you know it might you might notice things like your your computer or your internet service slows down as a result. And there could be a bit of social engineering to get you to actually install the uh, botnet software. Yes, yep. a Windows support call un like unsolicited out of, out of blue. Yeah. At, at seven o'clock at night. Typically, it's someone <laughs> actually trying to hack you. Um, now. Uh, this was possible, of course, um, because users are not changing the default password on their routers. So we're well, talking about routers here, the, the things that uh, connect you to the internet. Yeah, we, so we should also point out that routers have been getting smarter over the years and more powerful. So in the past, like your router wouldn't have had, wouldn't have really had the guts to really function in a botnet, but mm. now um, they've got more CPU, they've got they've got more RAM, and yeah, they're actually like a little computer. Someone could take over it and use it for nefarious purposes. Yes. So. There's a couple of features that you should, uh, if you want to check whether you're vulnerable at least to this, um, you should check if your router has wide area network uh, administration turned uh, off. Turned off. Make sure it's turned off because Which, it basically means someone from the outside world can use your, can administer your router. Yeah, so you want to disable that. Yeah. Yes. So unless you really want to, dis- you know, administer your router from somewhere other than your home. I've never had a scenario where I've no. wanted to connect to my home router from abroad. I mean, it's very hard to know. Um, where, what the IP address is, let alone you know actually do anything with it, um, and also you want to change the default password on your router and now, make it a decent length. Yes, um, you know a, a lot of routers these days, particularly from the big ISPs, they will have a very a pretty complex password already set. But there are some if you get them from the shop. Um, admin password? Uh, yeah, it's typically just admin admin for the username and password. So, you know, um, log into it and uh, change that password. And don't change it to QWERTY. No. 
or monkey hmm. or hello. If you are, if if you have a device that uh, on which you can run it, I would suggest you install LastPass and yes. um, set that up and make your admin password for your router something that you don't even know. Mm. Yes, like mine. This is TechnoGaze on Joy 94.9. We'll be back with more, including a bit of a talk about Siri uh, and the use, in, uh, the, the use of Siri in Russia. TechnoGaze. TechnoGaze, Joy 94.9. They're just saying things. <laughs> Words. <laughs> Radio. <laughs> <FM>. Technology. <laughs> Let's talk about some of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, Apple. Apple, uh, the iPhone uh, 6S is 6S? 6S? Six, six. Well, so this is like so what, the 5 became the 5S and the upgraded every, model? Everything becomes the S. The, three, the 3G became the 3GS, the 4 became the 4S, the 5 became the 5S. What's the S for, superior? Uh, Smarter? Well, it, it depends. It changes from generation to generation. <laughs> At one point it was speed. Yes. Um, and I can't remember what the other times oh, were. It was well. like special or something. <laughs> and then, and then in, in different generations it's been uppercase and lowercase as well. Well, see, well. So what was the 5C then? Colour one. Yeah. No, colour or cheap. Color. So what, what, about, what about the plus? <laughs> what about the plus? The plus? Is it plus S? Well, bigger. so the plus is for bigger. Yeah, no, no, no. But we now have the 6 and the 6 plus. Yeah. If, so what, if we're what talking about 5S plus. and plus yeah. S. Yeah. 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 What happens to plus size people? You know? yeah. Well. <laughs> so um, in some of the rumours that have been uh, rounded up from uh, from analysts, there are, there's like... Are you an oh, analyst now? <laughs> apparently. Well, Everyone's an analyst. <laughs> I could, you know, dip my finger in the air and figure out what Apple might do next, I guess. Um these are paid people. That's too. not the only place you can dip your finger to figure out what <laughs> Apple does next. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, it, it is 26 minutes to six. I guess we can probably talk about such things. Um, no, so 12 megapixel camera with two lenses, not just one. For uh, why? why two? <laughs> why? I don't know. Actually, I, actually, so that is an interesting question. If the idea of having two lenses, you, I wonder if they might actually be able to move. More lens in order to well, it might affect zooming also or an optical yes. zoom. This might be able to. So instead of sticking proud of the case by what one or two millimeters, we'll stick proud by five millimeters. Well, that was what Maybe. my biggest problem with the six, the iPhone six, is that protruding camera. Oh. And and you know the fact that the only way to keep it protected is and sure other other devices have the same protrusion. Good idea. They should mm. do the same as they've done with the Air. Make it a wedge shape phone. Thin it down the bottom, oh. wider at the top. <sighs> you can get your that. camera lens up the top. Yeah. So, uh, so, so, money so, Apple so if you do the it. camera, the camera bump is like the camera bump's annoying, but it doesn't actually scratch the lens. There's always a little bit of a lip that is what it actually it actually rests on. It's 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 okay. We're kind of used to them the in camera Android bump. Land. The camera bump. The camera bump. Yeah. Or as a, yeah, yeah, the camera bump. Um, but yeah, so the two lens thing is interesting. Um, I, I sort of wonder if they're going to use it to do. Uh, some kind of optical zoom or maybe some kind of a trick like Sony's been doing with their cameras because they've had a 20 megapixel camera for a few years but they shoot and then they downsample to 8. Could it be one lens on the front one on the rear? (laughs) <laughs> maybe what would that be for <laughs> maybe mm. uh, now, so other rumours rose gold <clears throat> yeah so I guess mm. they're taking a leaf out of the uh, the uh, watch um, where it yeah, in, in, the, the, in that they're using the same colour they well, used on their own product yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that, that would actually imply that it's going to be rose gold as in actual 18 carat Rose colored so gold. more expensive no. version. Well, maybe. A $12,000, $18,000 iPhone. <laughs> Actually, that would be really interesting because that's, that's going into Virtu territory. Like, Virtu sells Android phones that have, like, hand-polished parts. Right. And they sell them for megabucks. So, maybe Apple does want to go Hand-polished microchips? No, no, no. The body. It's oh, right. like the, 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 it's all like made by hand in a factory in the UK. There's like one dude who sits there and polishes the, the parts and then puts the phone together and then ships it to you. Mm. But yeah, I, it might be interesting if, if they were going to go that way, going for a super expensive iPhone. Now, a couple of uh, unimportant uh, features that perhaps are rumoured is the A9 chip. You don't get points for that. Like, if they bring out a phone with an A9 chip, so what? Like, they've done it every other year. If it's not faster, yeah, you'd expect that. Two gig of memory? I don't don't actually know how much memory my phone has at the moment, so... um, I'm actually not sure if it's 1 or 1.5 gigs. mm, But um, iPhones do traditionally have 
quite low uh, quite low memory uh, capacity in them mm. uh, and the, the OS is just you know it's optimized to optimized to perform in that space but having some additional memory might mean that there's going to be some additional multitasking capabilities yeah now uh, there's also talk about returning to a four inch option so the f- the last four inch uh, iPhone was, I think, the 4 or 4S. 4S, okay. Why have people complained that they came too big? Yeah, <laughs> they totally have. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> and, of course, remember uh, Bendgate, uh, the iPhone 6 Plus uh, issue where feature. people would put it into <laughs> their pockets. a feature. <laughs> the phone would be in their pockets and it would bend. Uh, of course, that could be done with a Samsung phone as well, but it, it made headlines with Apple. Um, it made headlines with Samsung as well because at their launch event they specifically told us that they won't bend. Crack <laughs> <laughs> instead. Oops. Yeah. So um, they're talking about uh, a strengthened aluminium case to try and resolve that concern. Um, again, I think this is something that may have come out of the uh, watch development because they've they've talked about you know their own alloys of aluminium for the watch maybe they've tried to play around with the alloy that's used in the that, might, well. that might be interesting to see see where they go with that mm. um i mean yeah they have been fairly sturdy phones yep another uh, rumor is integrating force touch which is a new feature again with the watch uh that they're um touting as as being a pretty decent feature and they're including it in their uh in their laptop ranges now in the, Ma- in the new MacBook, yeah. Yes. yeah. It's when you press harder on mm. something. It knows when you're pressing harder. Yeah. And there's some feedback. Yeah, yeah, feedback. Well, there's, yeah and there's, there's the, uh, the haptic uh, engine underneath it causing uh, taptic feedback. The engine. We, of course, talked about that last week. So if you're interested in uh, what haptic and taptic are, uh, do check out last week's episode if you haven't already. Now, uh, improved Touch ID? I don't know Wait, how does that, does, that, does that mean it's not working properly at the moment? Well, that's a good question. This is, this is how you ask. It's, it's a, uh, some rumor guru um, uh, from China. His name is Ming-Chi Ku. Uh, he has uh, um, put that one out there. Better and safer, apparently. I don't know. That sounds a bit wishy-washy to me. But uh, It does sound like PR speak. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, you know, I don't. I don't really know how they'd improve Touch ID. It's pretty good at the moment. Um, yeah, yeah. And maybe you have to hold your fingerprint for longer. <laughs> <laughs> hey, or maybe uh, maybe it's just more accurate. Who knows? I, like I said, it does depend on who you talk to at the moment. I I know people who just think that Touch ID is just a janky pile of rubbish. I think it's fantastic. a bee's knees. But, yeah. oh, but, so I also, but I also know people who think it works fantastically. <laughs> uh, it's like I said, it depends who you talk to. And it depends what how they use it. But. Um, yeah, I, I think on the balance of it, it's probably working really well. I wonder what they can do to it. I have it integrated with LastPass. So before, yeah. I couldn't use, really use LastPass on a mobile device because the you know to type my long um, master password was too hard. Mm. Just shove your finger on the fingerprint reader and it unlocks it. It's yeah. great. Mm. Um, I've been doing the same thing on my S6. Yeah, it's mm. been great. So who's your friend who got married? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, I was wondering. I was wondering why I kept logging into LastPass. Can I buy your phone from Jason? <laughs> <laughs> now, the other uh, maybe not so happy news for for anyone who is a fan of uh, of Apple is that uh, this next release probably won't be available this autumn, local time. Uh, it'd probably be um, only after autumn, say in the winter months, that uh, it will be released. Isn't, isn't that isn't that normal? Yeah, winter normally normal. around September, June, July, yeah, maybe even September. Normal, normally, their normal yeah. release cycle is like September, October. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. so they're getting in early with these rumors, aren't they? <laughs> they are. Um, when is Apple's worldwide developer conference? I think that's July, typically. It's July. Okay. So, so Google has pulled theirs back to May this year. So, oh. um, theirs is happening early, and they're expected to announce some stuff there. But so Apple's uh, WWDC is usually where they make platform announcements. Mm. Uh, and then they release the phone later in the year. So, like, it's not really that much of a surprise. Yes, indeed. Now, um, we should move on uh, also on the topic of Apple, um, but in this case, maybe some negative news. Uh, their um, their service, their, their personal assistant service called Siri, um, is uh, has been brought under question, particularly in Russia, well, not actually in Russia, yeah. but in Russian speak. So the Russian version of Apple's personal assistant Siri is under uh, under fire after a Russian man posted a YouTube clip of the evasive responses gleaned from uh, gay-related uh, questions. 
now, he was located in London, and the man known only as Alex asked Siri in Russian um, the following questions. Are there any gay bars around me? Tell me about gay marriage, and how do I register a gay marriage in England? Now, the responses that he got, uh, respectively, for that were, I would have turned red if I could, uh, you are so rude, and I will pretend I haven't heard. That's that's usually how Siri responds if you swear at Mm, it. The implication is that, uh, yeah, any mention of the word, uh, the Russian word for gay, as in something like gay, I think, if if you look at the, you're you're more European... Oriented, aren't you, Michael? Key. 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 Um, apparently, that is considered profanity. Well, that's that's a theory, anyway. No one actually knows because Apple have been keeping quite quiet. It's very strange. This. I wonder. Wh- I would have thought that the engine logic behind Siri was the same, no matter what language. So, mm-hmm. is it a translation issue? Is it somebody like localization? I think. So. What, they localised it with somebody and they didn't have somebody probably. else check? Well, I don't well, understand. Well, so probably, yeah. Uh, I mean, I can imagine I can imagine this happening in China as well. You know, if, if someone asks about certain things, then they will probably censor certain responses in China. There has to be context to it. I, I think that there's, you know, to, to deal with cultural differences at least and to, you know, even just understand what one question in one country might mean versus another country, yeah, there's got to be some sort of built-in logic for that. Mm. But when it goes to the point of, you know, implying that certain words are profanity when they perhaps shouldn't be, and particularly when we've got oppressive governments in place... And this is a U.S. company, uh, company. so, hey, you know, so, the, it's, it's the land of the free, right? So, of course, the disappointing part of all of this is that Apple has refused to talk about it. When, when, was it, when did this come, out, come about? Uh, it actually came out about oh, maybe a couple of weeks ago. Okay, so it's yeah. enough time for Apple to go out and investigate and come mm-hmm. back and say whatever they want to say. Yeah. Mm. So we we posted on Facebook a link to the, uh, to the Russian guy, Alex, um, uh, doing a, uh, a demonstration of the the Siri responses. Yep. Obviously, it's in Russian, so if you know Russian, then um, you may find that useful. Otherwise, well, it's always good to good to learn Russian. You could read the captions if you want to know anything. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so check out our Facebook feed. Uh, Joy, oh, wait, Technogaze on no Technogaze Joy nine four nine. Yes, just, just it's going well. Technogaze. <laughs> now, while we're well, we're in Russia. <laughs> Ah yes, 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 yes. Uh, in in more, it's, it's not the it's not the only problem that uh, has come up with. I'm not uh, sure that this, this qualifies as technology. So, well, there is a neon sign going on here, right? And mm-hmm. submarines, yeah, technology, oh, yes, of course. Okay, yep, yep. So, <laughs> who wants to go with this one? Okay, well, the proverbial <laughs> finger has been raised to Russian submarines that wander into Swedish waters. Uh, where the UK has their trident anti-nuclear military defence and the Israelis have their so-called Iron Dome, a Swedish peace group has installed a tongue-in-cheek deterrent to Russian submarines. Uh, It's officially titled the Singing Sailor Underwater Defence System. Is that a... No, there's no there's no sort of pun on that uh, acronym. Suds. Suds. Um, well, okay. yeah. uh, um, but it's been nicknamed the Gay Sailor. And it's a subservice sonar system which sends out the message this way if you're gay. In an attempt to deter... That, that was my most gay voice I could try. Um, I think you've done better before. <laughs> Possibly when I'm drunk, yes. Um... In an attempt to uh, deter apparently homophobic Russians. So it's actually... It's, it's oh, my God. Don't make me turn this submarine around. <laughs> <laughs> so it's actually uh, got Morse code emanating from the uh, from the device as well to say these things, right? So, so, so you've heard of the ping of death. This is the ping of gay. It's so not ping. It's what, a cute what, little what, Russian... What, what, what if the submarine does follow it? Like, do, 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 does he arrive home well, for a court-martial? <laughs> well, yeah, somebody's got a sense of humour. That's good. Technogiz. Hmm. Joy 94.9. On air and online at joy.org.au. Now, being Technogaze here, we do like to balance out the Apple news with a bit of uh, Samsung news. I guess they're, they're kind of considered... You lost the wrestling match. It's not balanced. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad you kept the Apple News up while I was away as well. That, that was very kind of you, uh, Michael. <laughs> I didn't mute you this afternoon either. <laughs> Yet. No, I'm very grateful for that. Uh, so Samsung have a, a new smartwatch uh, that will actually have a round screen and a rotating bezel. So, yeah, we don't really know too much about Samsung's new watch. They've been quiet on smartwatches for a while. They've had their own gear line for a couple of years now. Um, they originally started actually running Android and then they moved them over to Tizen. Um, and so we're sort of hoping, maybe not expecting, but hoping that they might fall in line with Android Wear now and release another Android Wear device. So, uh, sorry, Android is, of course, the operating system that you see on most um, uh, non-Apple phones, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, let's look at it that way. So you forgot about BBOS. So, so you, you can run... No, you don't. So you can, run, you can run Android on lots of different form factors, and one of those things that you can run it on is a watch. So uh, my watch is an Android Wear device, and so... It is actually running Android, um, but it's just a special version of Android that's designed for wearables. And what's this Tizen? So Tizen is Samsung's own um, operating system. It's sort of evolved from Barter and Mm. Wave and things like that. And it's actually running their... uh, It's it's been running their smartwatches for the last year or so, but they haven't really released many. And it's also powering their 2015 smart uh, TVs. Right. So why do they put it on the watch? Why not use Android Um, Wear? Because... So Android Wear can only talk to Android devices. Right, and yeah. so if you have a watch that's running your own operating system, you can talk via... You basically do what Pebble does. You can talk to iOS and you can talk oh, to Android okay. devices. So if they release a watch, they want to get as many sales as possible. So it doesn't really make sense to ignore the Apple market mm. um, uh, for that as well. Although, having said that, um, just thinking about it now, their, their gear watches haven't spoken to anything except Samsung phones in the past. Anyway, <laughs> so who knows? Who knows what they're going to do? Um, they haven't actually released a watch for about a year now. And in that year, a lot of companies have moved to round watch faces like the one on my wrist at the moment. So it's no surprise that Samsung is said to be working on a round smartwatch as well. They have released a new SDK and it's, well, actually, I'm not sure if it's released or leaked, uh, but some of the new features that they're working on the the next watch include a rotating bezel uh, that you can, so instead of having the the crown on on the watch at the moment, that might actually be something that can, you can rotate around on the uh, on the face and maybe push something on that. So, like the old diver's watch, where you yeah. could set your depth or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. You could so you could use it to um, you could use it to switch apps, make selections from menus, things like that. It, it could be it could be a nice way of actually uh, having some precise control hmm. over what's going on on the watch. I find it interesting that uh, ever since Apple came out with the the digital crown, as hmm. in the little uh, turny wheel on the side of the on the side of the watch, and made that as being a you know a pretty key feature of 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 the watch, that now. You know, other watchmakers, smart watchmakers anyway, are starting to talk about the physical aspects of their watches as well. It's it's almost like a realization that you know maybe interface is important. Yeah. So so there's been a there's been an evolution happening on the Android side for watches because we've had smart watches for the last year. Yep. And initially, when Android Wear devices came out, they didn't have any buttons on them at all. Oh wow! And then there was a recognition that yeah, you actually do need at least a button on it. Your yep. finger gets in the way of the display. Yeah, yeah, your finger gets in the way of the display, and so the button can be used to wake up, wake the watch and put it back to sleep and things like mm. that. Mm. But Obviously, the next evolution of that is actually to give it some tactile control over what's happening on the screen. But as Android Wear is driven by Google, there's sort of the they don't evolve the platform quite as much as we might like if we can see that coming. Yeah, mm. that's right. The um, a, a little while ago, we saw a it wasn't even a prototype; it was a video of a prototype of a um, a wristband that projected onto onto your forearm a an Android screen, and you could actually on your forearm flick and change screens i wonder if they're going to do something like that not maybe not the projection for the watch but to control it on the front of your hand where you can just sort of move up and down and and do gesture Mm. recognition at that level maybe i don't know see i i I don't think that i don't think that projection is really i don't think that's going to be uh no but you could recognize the finger the gesture movement on your hand perhaps yeah perhaps perhaps Mm. never yeah I've just seen some big numbers come up on the screen. Um, <laughs> some donations. <laughs> They're almost um, too big to be <laughs> true. Well, yeah. But if, if they are, Jonathan from Hotham Hill, um, thank you very much for those donations. That's, that's 
Yes. Hmm. Very much. Wow, my heart is palpitating at the end of the size of that. Um, yes, thank you. Anyway, uh, you can also donate if you wish to. Uh, joy.org.au um, is, is the place to go to. That's right. Now, hmm. talking about donations or money. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> crowdfunding has leapt a pace above anything else. Yes. Because crowdfunding is going to save the world. <laughs> Literally. So, uh, do you fear asteroids uh, destroying us all? Yes. After After reading this website a little <laughs> bit, yes. I also, I also fear Bruce Willis destroying us all. <laughs> well, if he turns to the terror side, then maybe he will. But um, uh, <laughs> nothing can stop him. <laughs> oh, no. Who, who wrote this uh, summary? Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Not Superman, but crowdfunding. I wonder who. I'm staring at you, Jason. <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> so we're not allowed to name and shame on the show. No, we're not. Move on. We haven't named and shamed. We haven't. No, apparently we haven't now. <laughs> anyway, uh, so if if you uh, if you believe the headline crowdfunding to save the world, then uh, the Emergency Asteroid Defense Project, which is funded through Indiegogo, wants to have a chat with you. Um, they are looking to continue research into hypervelocity asteroid intercept vehicles, which I. think means shooting them out of the sky <laughs> and the acronym is HAVES okay that's <laughs> yes. I'm not sure that's much of an acronym <laughs> anyway so uh, yeah these are these are designed to deflect or disperse asteroids and comets with only a few days warning uh, which in the history of the world has not happened that many times, so I don't know how they're going to go for their dry run so is that <laughs> is that defense shield or whatever it's called just pointing in the other direction Probably, Star I mean, it's, pr- it's probably something similar. Yeah. But you've so where, whereas like the missile defense shield is uh, countries putting up uh, missiles to yep. shoot down missiles against each other. Who's going to put up the missiles to shoot these things down? Now, if you do fund the project, you can get a badge or a sticker or ice cream sandwiches, which can is you get, um, you, freeze you, dried ice cream. Can you get your name on one of the missiles? No, I think it would be better if you got an option to ride one of the missiles, like Doctor Strange Love and Armageddon. You know, yeah. get on a strap on board and off you yeah. go. And off you go, yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, it's a one-way ticket to space. I just got pictures of Cher for some reason. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, you actually, you actually, long you, you have to have a You have to have a slightly better space suit than Cher is known for wearing. <laughs> oh, on that note, <laughs> it is almost uh, the end of the show. Time goes by so quickly here on Technogaze, and uh, we'll wrap up in a few moments. Joy 94.9 That's pretty much everything we've uh, we've got to talk about today here on Technogaze uh, for this week. Today for this week, we, yes. We filled the cupboard with talk. Mm. The closet. The closet. But we're not in there. We're <laughs> out and proud. Indeed. Uh, that's yeah. So that's all we've got time for. If you missed any part of the show, or perhaps you'd like to peruse previous episodes, you can do so by checking out our podcast joy.org.au/technogaze. Up next is a special GLBTIQ edition of uh, Dick with a Touch of Pink. A Touch of Pink with Dick. Have a great weekend. Thank you, Jason, for coming in today. Thank you for having me. Thanks for bringing uh, it's some... It's always a pleasure. It's, it's good to, to you know, put on the good weather while it's been a bit crap up in Sydney, hey? And thank you, Michael, for um, panelling and doing all your wonderful things. It's been fun. Catch you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Techno Gaze on Joy 94.9. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.